Hey, 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 welcome back for another episode of The Confident Podcast. I am your host, Lisa Thompson, but I'm also the executive director and founder of Self Love Beauty, a nonprofit that promotes confidence for all generations. And I'm the co-founder of Blue Wave Wellbeing, a company that integrates play into workplace DNA. My vision is to create a world where everyone is empowered to love themselves and achieve anything that they desire. I truly want people to have confidence, feel supported, and to have a community that wraps their arms around them. And that is exactly why we are here and what we are for you. We are here to teach you tools and skills and to hear from other people's stories so that you gain confidence and have more of a self-loving journey. So this podcast is your go-to for learning ways to be more confident, fearless, and self-loving. So come along on this journey with me. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of The Confident Podcast. I am your host. I'm Lisa Thompson, and I'm also the founder and CEO of Self Love Beauty and the co-founder of Blue Wave Wellbeing. It has been a crazy year for 2020, and you guys have heard me probably say that on every podcast that we've been on because every time there's something new happening into this world. Um, So I appreciate you all showing up almost every week for these podcasts and really just embracing your journey for confidence and really growing in your self-love journey. You know, yet uh, this past weekend, we had a great event. We had our self-love beauty women's event. It was our second annual one. And, you know, if you would have taken me back five months ago, I was so excited that we were going to be doing this in person and bringing everybody together but it was virtual. And, you know, a couple of you guys probably attended. I hope that everybody that attends our women's events are listening to this podcast. And it was pretty outstanding. It was phenomenal. We had women from across the United States attending this workshop and this event where we had painting, um, we did yoga, we did a designing your life workshop, we did 2021 goal setting, which is crazy to even think about. And we had a panel of men and women sharing their story of really embracing who they are, getting through really hardships throughout their lives and really continuing to grow. So it was awesome. Um, We're going to be sharing some stuff on our social media. So please check it out. So that's just a little bit about what we've been up to at Self Love Beauty. But we're going to really dive into today's topic, which, you know, is about confidence. And I am always lucky to have amazing guests join me on this show. You know, I either do it solo or we bring on people to talk about their own journey so that you guys can learn from them. And this week, we are going to be having a very good friend of mine. His name is Chris Chandler. He is going to be introducing himself in a second. But Chris and I met... Oh, geez, probably now six years ago. And we, you know, honestly, he took me under his wing when I first started a new role in the company that we both worked at at the time. And he taught me a lot. You know, it was a a space that really was new to me and I had to learn a lot. And so having people take you on and really be that supportive person for you to really help grow in your confidence is extremely important. And I feel like Chris has done that for me throughout the years and he still is to this day. And so I wanted to bring him on not only because, you know, he is a really great advocate for self-love beauty, um, has always been a role model for me, but he's also a great um, husband and he's a great dad. And he's had his own journey with confidence and getting there. So what we're going to do is really dive into that today and hear from Chris. But before we do that, Chris, I would love for you to introduce yourself to our audience if you'll take it over. All right. Thanks, Lisa. And thanks for having me today. And well, that was quite an intro already. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for that. Um, and, And happy to have known you. 
uh, for quite some time yet and in love to your journey uh, progress here. Um, so yeah, I'm Chris Chandler, uh, executive director of the Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational. Uh, that's an LPGA event. I work for Dow uh, in Midland, Michigan. Uh, originally from Michigan, uh, married 12 years, have two um, awesome little kiddos, a nine-year-old boy, Graham, and, and an eight-year-old uh, little girl, Lillian. Um, we enjoy the outdoors and traveling, and um, I love uh, I love my job and what I what I get to do and in what I call uh, creating events and experiences for other people uh, to enjoy. So happy to happy to be here today. Awesome, um, you know, and and it, it, I was saying that I've known you for many years, and so through all of that, I feel like you've always been the person that's portrayed and always been like, okay, like I'm going to lead this meeting, I'm going to get there, like we're going to rock this out and have a great time, and we always have fun with everything that we do. But I know that no one's confidence journey is just at the top of the peak every time. So can you really just start out by sharing a little bit more about your personal journey with confidence? You can share the good, the bad, the ugly. We're really real on this podcast and that's what people appreciate the most. Yeah, no, awesome. I mean, there's, you know, in my mind, there's a lot of pieces, uh, you know, to building confidence. And, um, you know, I think some of it, uh, starts with, uh, not being afraid to take a risk or fail. Um, you know, when I, I went to Northwood university here in Midland, Michigan, uh, and right out of school, uh, started a small event marketing company with a buddy of mine. And, uh, one of our clients was General Motors. Uh, so here we are 23 years old. Uh, we have a client General Motors. Uh, we were in Grand Rapids, Michigan at the time, about two hours away from Detroit. And uh, our client called us over to a meeting in Detroit and wanted us to concept out a new proposal for them for one of their brands, Cadillac, at the time. And uh, we were, you know, honestly, kind of crapping our pants. We're like, what is really like, we're 23, we're going to go to the boardroom at General Motors in the Renson and like present to these, you know, these executives who are our clients. And so... Um, you know, we were, we were scared. Uh, we were uh, nervous. Um, we didn't know exactly how we would do and, and we doubted ourselves a lot. Um, you know, but I think through that experience, we also took the opportunity to talk to as many people as we could, uh, to try to learn and, and see different angles and understand what our client uh, may be looking for. And, uh, you know, so I think, you know, we obviously got over that, you know, afraid to go in there and, and we went in there and pitched the business. And, um, you know, I think they they saw potential and uh, they, they ended up signing with us, which was great. And we got a, an awesome new piece of business. Um, but I would say, you know, just you, you got to conquer those fears initially sometimes. of I'm not good enough or I'm not old enough in that case was really what we felt. You know, we weren't sure that we belonged um, in that environment, but you know, we went in and, and did our due diligence, and um, you know, ended up with a small win. And that you know, those small wins over time kind of kind of help propel you. Yeah, and you made me just think about it. It's like okay, so you were when you did that, like you said, you were 23 years old. I like think about when I was 23, and just the level, you know, I don't hate to say this about myself, but maturity. Maturity wise too, like I was a completely different person than what I am now as a 30 year old. And so as someone who is no longer 23, neither of us are, it's what as a leader, then how do you help 
you know, the younger generation have that confidence in themselves because I think that's one of the biggest things is a lot of leaders struggle with how do I help that next generation find that confidence? Because, you, you know, you obviously had to get other people's support in this. Yeah. Um, you know, what I tell a lot of folks uh, is um, like what I call like hone your craft. Uh, and, and that's, um, you know, figuring out what what is it that you want to do? What, what do you want to have confidence in? Um, what do you really want to be good at? Um, and I think defining that is kind of that first step. And once you do, then it's, it's honing that craft and it, it's, it's talking to people about it. It's living it. It's breathing it. It's reading as many books as you can, listening to podcasts, um, you know, thinking about it nonstop, walking it through your head. But then, you know, it's also the, um, the experiences along the way. So it's like, Hey, if you, you know, for me, uh, we wanted to be good event planners. The, we want to be the best event planners we, we could be. Um, and so, you know, just a, a recent example, and this is, you know, I'm 15, 20 years into my career now. And, you know, with starting uh, an LPGA event a few years ago, um, you know, I've done thousands of events over the years and, and feel like um, I've got some good experience, but starting uh, an event of that size was was new and it was different. And so I said, okay, what do I need to do to learn more about this? And I'm, you know, an experienced guy, uh, um, but I, I knew that I had to take a step back and go learn from others uh, to further hone that craft specifically for the golf event that we needed to do. So, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to travel to a bunch of other events, not just LPGA events, but PGA Tour events, Champions Tour events, even local events in the community. I wanted to get out and just really understand what what it was that we were trying to achieve with this event. And, and the, the beauty of it is that when you try to hone that skill, you learn so much along the way. If you have your eyes wide open, you learn about what you like, like that other people do. You also learn about where you may want to do things differently, which is awesome. Because then when you go and you've got all these experiences in your head and then you go to do what you're going to do, it just gives you that much more confidence that, wow, well, that was successful over there. We could do that and do it this way. That was successful over here. We could pick that idea and go this way. So, you know, it kind of all builds on each other and it's really never ending, Lisa. I mean, I, you know, I was, I was scared and a little afraid of, of doing this too, just three years ago. Um, and I've, you know, done thousands of events over the years, but um, I think if you just have that mindset going in that, you know, I'm going to continually hone my craft and try to get better and better, that confidence starts to build along the way. Yeah. And I think that you portrayed that so well, because you said honing in a skill. So, so many people think that confidence means that I have to be good at everything. Like, I, you know, I have to be confident in everything. And, and I always tell people that I don't want to be confident in everything. Now, I'm not even enjoying all the pieces. Now, don't get me wrong. I think in anybody's career, we have to do things we don't want to do. And we have to learn these skills and be more confident in it, but that doesn't mean that it has to be 100%. So I think you do a great job of portraying that leaders can take that away and really help their people. But also pointing out that after 15 to 20 years of experience in an area, you're still going to be nervous. You're still going to be scared, but that's okay. And hearing that makes it even more real for any generation because people always think to your point, like you said, like confidence is never ending, but people think when I get to this point, 
I'll be good. When I get to this point, I'll be good. But it's just another experience. And it's another layer. Yeah, it's a it's a journey for sure. Um, and and you know, I've been uh, you know in a in a fortunate position where I've interacted with a lot of different folks at at Dow and in the company I work with here. And um, I'll, I'll be honest, I've been uh, actively recruited to go work in other parts of the company, uh, but they weren't really parts that like I, I was super. Um, you know, wanting to go work in or, or that I thought that I would enjoy. And, you know, so as to your point, like, could I do that? Sure. Would it, would it be, you know, exactly what I want? Probably not. And so I think it's okay to, to hone your craft and know what you're good at. And, um, you know what, life, life's too short to, uh, to worry about, um, you know, other things and not, not have fun and not enjoy with, with really what you're uh, passionate about. Yeah. And you made me just think of something that um, is an interesting way to look at it too, because ego can get into the way a lot of times. And I say that because there's so many opportunities for us that when we're wanted to go somewhere or we say we can do something or someone wants to recruit us, you're like, I want to go. Like I, your ego gets in the way of what you're really meant to do. And that is a hard sector for, to understand like, okay, I could learn that and I could be good there, but is that where my heart is meant to be? Is that really where I'm meant to be? And that's a hard, for me at least, like I, I've chose ego before. I totally have. And yeah. I became unhappy. You know, it's, you know, and you guys, even with working with GM at the time, like imagine the ego booster and the confident booster that had to be in a sense. But at the same time, like, you know, not saying that it, obviously you guys, you know, wanted that, but there are other parts where you get things and you're like, but did I really want that? Or was that the success of everybody else coming into play? Yeah. I think such a big piece of that too, is just understanding your own personal motivators for, you know, for what you want to do um, in, in your life, you know, that, yeah, there can be financial motivators. There can be, um, you know, geographic motivators. There can be people motivators. There can, you know, a lot of, a lot of different things that, uh, you know, people work for bread, but not bread alone. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of truth to that. So, um, I've always followed and in the last, uh, the last couple years, um, my kind of, kind of guiding light, uh, through, you know, that keeps me going, um, is a quote that I, I kind of saw, but kind of changed a little bit too. And it's, uh, for me, just just really keeps keeps me motivated and keeps me on track. Uh, and that and it goes, it says, passionately pursue what sets your soul on fire. Passionately pursue what sets your soul on fire. And for me, I've I've I found what sets my soul on fire. It, it's making other people happy through events, and um, that that's what I'm meant to be here for. I just, I know it. And uh, so that's what I'm going to you know continue to do as much as I can. I love that quote. I love that. And it, and it totally like, I know that you framed it a little bit on what it is, but it's, it's that passion. It's that peace. And, you know, we teach at self beauty all the time that when you have purpose and you have passion, then you can set goals that helps you be more confident, you know, goals alone in any job is a goal unless you add that passion behind it and don't really think about it in that way, you know? So I think that's beautifully said. And it's a good reminder for people to know, like, 
check your ego at the door because at the end of the day, your purpose is going to make you so much happier. And I always tell people like, yes, I know money can buy things, but it can't buy happiness internally. And there's just so much good that can come out of doing what you love. Um, so kind of segueing into another topic, I'd love to talk about your kids for a second. So I see how close you are as a family. And I think it's so amazing how, you know, you, you really are embraced into your kids' lives in so many ways. You know, I know that you work full time. You are a very busy person. You're very put into the community and same with your wife. So like, how are you working personally to make sure that you are really raising and trying to raise confident, um, a son and a daughter? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a, a lot of things there. Um, uh, you know, I, I think uh, first and foremost, uh, our faith is a big part of uh, the way we raise our kids. Um, they they go to Catholic school and we, um, you know, daily uh, talk about our faith. And, and um, I think that, that guides a lot of it. Um, but I, I think, you know, just Kelly and I, we... Um, we want to raise the best human beings we can, and we want them to be uh, what we say positive contributors to society. Someday. And you know, outside of a loving home and, and caring relationship with them, it's obviously a good education. Um, you know, will will help uh, get them far in life, hopefully. Um, but I think it's just setting a good example. And um, you know, I'll use this example. Uh, we went we went out to eat um, last Saturday night as a family, and we went to uh, one of our um, favorite restaurants in this region, um, and it's it's called the Maple Grill, and it's kind of a farm to table restaurant. And in the menu there, when you walk in, is a chalkboard, and it's a chalkboard because they only have so many uh, you know pork chops that night, or or pieces of chicken, or whatever whatever the meals are, because they literally get their food from the farms and however many pigs or cows or whatever they get in that week is, is what they have to serve. And so when they run out, they run out. Well, it was Saturday night and uh, little did we know, every, I guess their kind of food rotation goes every other Saturday uh, where, where they get new product in. And we were on the other Saturday. So we're at the back end of a two week cycle of, the, of them getting in food. And so they, they literally had like three items left on the menu. None of our favorite things that we normally go there for, uh, the kids, you know, always have certain things. And, and so we, you know, just kind of use that as an opportunity to teach our kids about flexibility and adaptability and making the most of a situation that, hey, guys, we're, we're here for dinner. They've got a few things. Let's figure it out. And we can share some things here and there. And, um, but it's like openly having those conversations with your kids in that situation where they realize or may become upset that, well, their favorite menu item wasn't there. Well, why, dad? I don't get it. That's why we came here for dinner. Well, you know, this is, this is what we have to learn out of it. And so I think, you know, hopefully those little, those little moments and experiences along the way are what, what build our kids into resilient um, and young leaders and, and hopefully, you know, positive contributors to society. Like it's Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I, and you pointing out the fact that you guys are doing that right on the spot. So I have lots of conversations a lot of times. It's like they, people bring it up afterwards or three months later and having those conversations, kids don't remember all that stuff, you know, and it's having those in the moments and 
2020 is a great example of being adaptable and trying to figure this out. So if all the parents listening, if you can find one thing out of 2020 to really help your kids, it's really being that adaptable person. And, and like you said, being good, positive people in society. So if that means, you know, for me, at least one of the biggest things that we teach all the time is affirmations, you know, like kids need those, you know, and I have found that when parents do them with the kids and find out those three things that the kid wants to believe about themselves, it's phenomenal. And, and family relationships are huge, whether that is going to dinner or sitting at the table and just having a conversation. I mean, I think anybody listening in can say the biggest memories that they have in their lives is either when they were happening in their household or when they weren't happening in their household, you know, and how that really related to their lives. Yeah, I, you know, there, it, it's special to, uh, to be a parent and to get to raise kids. And, you know, the affirmation thing is absolutely, I, I try to tell my kids all the time, uh, when they do, you know, positive things, um, that we really appreciate and celebrate those little milestones that, um, you know, my daughter comes home from school and says, uh, you know, so-and-so dropped all their crayons on the floor and I, I stopped to help her pick them up. You know, those are, those are little things to celebrate. Say something, say, you know, that was really nice of you. Um, you know, I, I'm proud of the choice that you made. Um, you know, the, all of those little things and, you know, obviously telling them you love them. We, we tell them all the time and probably too much. I don't know if there's ever too much, but <laughs> you know, there's, there's those moments that when you do all those little things, then they start to do it back, um, which, which is really fun and cool. And then, then it becomes really rewarding as a parent too. When, um, you know, when you drop your kid off at school this morning, Monday morning, um, you know, I, I drop them off and they say, you know, I love you guys. Have a great day. Um, you know, and they say, love you too, dad. And, and then your son, before he closes the door says, you're the best dad in the world, dad, you know, and then you leave and, you know, so, you know, you just hope that all those little moments kind of, kind of start to add up. Absolutely. And, you know, your kids are at such a fun age right now where they're going to continue to evolve and change as humans as they hit more of the middle school teenage years too. And, and I think a lot of people think, you know, or maybe don't understand that those affirmations now and continuation are just huge. And they're the things that we remember as adults. Um, I feel like nowadays we do such a better job of helping the younger generations have these skills and have these tools. But I think the generations that we are in are still struggling to find ourselves in specific areas because that wasn't something that was normal in our households all the time. Not saying everybody's household, but I mean, there's a lot of kind of suck it up, rub some dirt on it type of style where it was like, you didn't talk about feelings. You didn't have open communication. And I think that that actually has hurt a few of us in, in our future because we've been trying to figure this out. So kind of segueing into that for a second to other, other adults, your age, I think that that's the thing too, is we always give advice to the younger generations, but I feel like getting in, getting advice from my peers has been so rewarding. So what did, what would you have you know advice for people your age or of finding who they are and you know having confidence in within themselves not only help themselves but their families or whoever they're being a role model to? 
Yeah, I, I think if, if, you know, if anybody's struggling to, you know, um, get where they want to be or, or do what it is they want to do, um, you know, one of my friends in college, uh, one of my best friends, uh, his dad always had a saying for him um, that basically when you went something to the degree of, if you don't tell people what you want, you'll never get it in a sense of, you know, don't hold thing, everything in. Like if you know, or in your head, you think, man, man, I could, I could do that. Or I want to do that. But if you never tell anybody or express it to anybody, nobody can help you get there. And, you know, we're human beings are naturally social and you, you have to rely on other people to, to get things done or to help get somewhere, especially if you're, if you're in a rut or not where you want to be. Um, so I, I always love that, you know, um, you know, you'll never get what you don't ask for. Um, I also love, you know, to tell people to negotiate for what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think oftentimes we're complacent or, um, if you don't have enough confidence, you're, you're kind of lackluster in asking for what you really want. Um, and I, I think it kind of goes along the same vein of, um, you know, I, I always ask for, more than what I really want, knowing that if there's going to be a negotiation, then maybe I'll get down to what I really did want in the beginning. Um, and, and I think that's okay. Uh, but you, you know, you have to have a little bit of confidence to be able to put that out there and do that. Um, but, but I think it can, it can help you, um, get to where you want to go. Yeah. And I think you did a great, like that actually kind of goes back to your first piece about honing into your skill, because I think we don't even know what we want until we put it out on paper because we've never really, like, we know kind of what we want, but until you put it out on paper, it's not just money, it's flexibility. I always tell people like, what's the lifestyle that you even want to live? Because there are specific things that if you don't vocalize it to your point, no one's going to know, oh, she doesn't or he doesn't want to work 80 hours a week. Oh, I didn't know that. And so (laughs) unless you vocalize that and have that confidence in yourself that even if they say no, you're going to, you're going to prove yourself too. And I think with confidence, you have to prove yourself as well. Like you want to do something, but you have to prove it. And I think you did a great job of picturing that it's, and that's something that I think our generation is really trying to figure out is like, how do I ask for what I want? But I think it's always taking that step back to and saying, well, what do I want? Because what my friends want might not be what I even want. Yeah, absolutely. I think it all starts with within and, um, you know, looking at what makes you happy at the end of the day, you know, and, you know, you can always say, well, let's look, uh, you know, 40 years into the future and say, when I look back, uh, you know, what, what is it that's going to make me happy? What's going to make me at that point, you know, when I'm 80 or whatever, uh, be happy with what I achieved or did or who I was, the person I was, the relationships I formed, the experiences that you had. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. And, and you made me just think, so Sarah Barkley, who is the um, founder of Spanx, she is all the time talking about like her story. And she shared the other day that she has a list of things that she won't negotiate with because she wants one day, if she's living in a nursing home, to be the, the older person that has the cool stories that everybody, like she lived everything to the fullest. And, you know, you just made me think of that real quick. But kind of to end us out, so is there anything else you would like to leave the audience with today? 
You know, I, I, this was great, Lisa. Thanks. Um, I, I think, you know, one of the last things that I, I always um, like to live by and, um, you know, maybe it's just who I am, but um, I, I encourage people to uh, do things differently. Uh, be, a, be a barrier breaker. Uh, you know, there's often limitations are, are only in our head or are only uh, there because of past experiences. Um, you know, I, I love to, to, to brainstorm and to think about, you know, specifically with work, but even personal, you know, how do you, how do, you do things differently? How do you be better? How do you change the way um, something has always been done for, for the better and to make it more positive? And um, I, I think that helps also build confidence because when you have those moments, you're not afraid to fail. You can be a barrier breaker um, and you see some success. That's one more win or notch on your belt then to build that confidence and, and to keep going. So, um, yeah, th- thanks for having me today. appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. And I yeah, and I'm going to leave everybody with, please be a barrier breaker. I love that. I've actually never heard that before in that in that theme of those words. And it's just phenomenal. So again, thank you, Chris, for being on the podcast today. And, you know, everybody listening in, I hope that you took a lot away. I mean, I personally did. And it just reminds us that wherever we are in our lives, we're still evolving. We're still learning on our journey um, to have more confidence and also be role models, um, figuring out what that looks like and what we want to be in this world. So Again, thank you for tuning in today. And as always, continue to spread love and kindness to everybody that you meet. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you receive many tools, resources, and ways to reflect on your self-love and confidence journey. I want you to be more brave, have more resiliency, be stronger, and ultimately thrive along this journey. And we want to be part of that for you. Remember, this is a community that wants to wrap their arms around you for you to feel supported and to gain confidence in so many areas of your life. So please reach out to me at info at selflovebeauty.com to share more about yourself, your story, comment on the podcast, or if you need any other information or advice from me. And thank you again for listening and let's continue to grow to be the best versions of ourselves. Thank you.